nation's capital. This is D.C. Public Safety. I'm your host, Leonard Sipes. Ladies and gentlemen, today's show interviews the creators of Criminal, a very popular podcast. Listen to Criminal via iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite streaming app. I found that just searching for Criminal Podcast got me right to it. Criminal is a podcast from Radiotopia and PRX. We welcome Phoebe Judge and co-creator Lauren Spoiler, uh, both veterans of public radio who were brainstorming podcast ideas when they hit upon the idea that radio listeners also love a good crime story, even if they don't want to admit it. Ladies, welcome to D.C. Public Safety. Thanks for having us. Thank you. All right. You run a huge podcast, very popular. I've spoken to a ton of people who really enjoy, in the system, who really enjoy listening to your 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 program. It's just really amazing. So I just want to know, to, for, before I describe it, and I'm taking an awful lot from a Huffington Post article that you guys previously did, for me, describe Criminal. Describe what you do. Well, uh, this is Phoebe. I, you know, Criminal is a podcast about, in the big sense of the word, crime. But I think what we hope to do is is use the big sense of the word to kind of surprise our listeners in, in, in showing that crime can not just be tragic and sad, but also funny and um, and uplifting and warm. And so we're really usually trying to use the human experience of crime as the basis for all of our shows. You know, the human experience is also neatly described in the Huffington Post article uh, when they talk to the both of you. Call Your Mom covers a mother and daughter in Wyoming who both happen to be coroners. The episode focuses on the way they view death and the unique dinner table conversations that are an inevitable part of their lives. Uh, when I've listened to Criminal, I've been sucked in very easily by that human dimension. So your big focus is the humanity surrounding a criminal event. Yeah, I think for us, you know, we we won't really do a story. Even if we really want to do it, we think the, it's interesting, it's an interesting topic, a newsworthy topic. We won't do it unless we have a very strong personal story at the center of it. If we can't find that person, they're not willing to speak with us, they don't have, they just, you know, we'll, we'll pass the story down. And I think for us, hearing that firsthand account, hearing the emotion and uh, the way someone has seen one of these events through their own eyes, having someone who can give us that type of perspective is critical for us. You know, at the, at the basis of all of the criminal episodes, it's a good personal story. And um, and I think that comes from both of our backgrounds as producers and reporters, where we spent years kind of looking for interesting people. Well, the interesting people part of it is fascinating because they are so extraordinarily um, interesting. And at the same time, they communicate unbelievably well. Where do you find your people? As somebody who has been doing crime and justice-related podcasts for a quarter of a century, how do you find the people that you find? This is Lauren. I think we, you know, we get asked this question all the time and we're, we don't have sort of a very clever answer other than to say that we've both worked in public radio for a long time. So we're used to sort of um, searching out stories. But I think one thing that's been a lot of fun for criminals is that we don't seek out um, experts or analysts or academics as much as we look for regular people. So even, you know, we're here in Boston and last night we got into an Uber and our Uber driver was also a criminal defense attorney. And he just started chatting us up about, you know, he, he just started saying, you know, the case that really keeps me up at night and just started telling us the story. So I think our favorite way to find uh, stories to work on is just by chatting with people in our lives. 
Now, you become enmeshed in the lives of individuals where I do a half an hour podcast. It's it's in, it's out. I edit it. It's done. I'm assuming that you spend an enormous amount of time on every episode, and I'm assuming that you spend an enormous amount of time getting to know the people that you interview. So do you come away from all of these interviews with a collective sense as to who individuals are within the criminal justice system, how they get caught up in the criminal justice system? Is a, there a fundamental gut feeling that you have about people that you've interviewed? Well, I think, you know, I think that we, while we do a lot of background work before the interview starts to figure out the facts of the case, once I start having a conversation with someone, I really never know exactly what's going to come out of it. And I think Lauren and I both allow criminal to have that flexibility. You know, there'll be times where we think we know where the story is going because we've done all this front research and gotten the court documents. And we actually sit down and have the interview with the person and we say, oh, this story is nothing like we thought it was going to be. So I think we really let the subject dictate the end result of of the episode. And um, I also think, you know, one thing that maybe makes criminal a little different than some others, we don't we don't really try to, to force a conclusion if there isn't one for the story. We're not there to make moral judgments, say someone is good or bad, right or wrong. Our job is to put forth the information in as most accurate and interesting a way as possible. And so because we can allow ourselves as that as our guiding principle, I think you do learn a lot more about the person and the subject because we're allowing them to tell their story rather than us telling the important parts of the story we think you should know. Before I do podcasts, I do reach out to some people within the criminal justice system, ask them what I should be asking my guests. Uh, and many of the issues that you discuss go to the heart of fairness and equity within the criminal justice system. Do you have any observations as to how the criminal justice system operates and what it does? You know, I think it makes it makes us a little uncomfortable to try to, you know, you're the expert. We're certainly not the expert. I think we, I think one thing that we've learned over the course of doing this is that things are never as simple as they seem. Things are never as simple as we thought they were from, you know, reading books or watching television shows or watching movies. Um, there's always sort of a lot more layers, uh, a lot more complications, especially with the court system, but also with police investigations than we ever imagined. So I think we're, if anything, I think this working on this show has made us less certain about what we know. Because, because there are, are so many components to the system, so many people, so many actors, so many individuals making decisions that it's not just the criminal justice system, but a wide variety of actors, some of him, some of whom could be good, bad, indifferent. I mean, is that what you come out of uh, with the sense that it's fluid, that it's a system in motion and that it's just an interesting story to tell? Absolutely. And that it's so specific, you know, different courtrooms are run different ways, but, you know, there are different statutes in different counties. And so, you know, there are things I, I think that I know. And then when I actually start digging into the facts of a particular case, I'm always surprised that my, that my assumptions were not correct. And we spend a lot of time calling, you know, calling lawyers, calling county clerks, calling courthouses, procuring documents, just, just to check to make sure that we really do understand what happened. But you cover the entire spectrum a spectrum of what happens in terms of an individual incident. So you're talking to perpetrators, victims, enforcers, witnesses. Um, you're talking to all of them to try to bring the listener into all the circumstances that happen in terms of um, that particular that particular episode. 
Yeah, that's right. Although I'll say we we put out a lot of requests with with law enforcement and and they rarely respond to us. Often the response that we get is that um, officers can't comment on pending litigation, which we, of course, understand. But we, we would like to do more. And uh, possibly I could help you in terms of, of doing more. But I would imagine that somebody coming out of the woodwork saying, hi, I represent a podcast and I want to talk about this particular case would cons- would seem rather intimidating to a lot of folks within the criminal justice system because they oftentimes don't get those sort of requests. I mean, and we get requests from the media. Give me the person's name. Give me the person's charge. Uh, when is the court date? It's pretty matter of fact. But you're talking about an in-depth conversation about what's happening in terms of the these particular cases. So I'm assuming that that will be intimidating. Well, certainly. And I think that, as you mentioned, you know, you know, there's a perception, I think, sometimes about uh, crime shows, crime podcasts. Are is this going to be just a sensationalized Are these people making shows going to sensationalize the story and get things wrong just so that they can get a rise out of their audience? And so I understand apprehension within people in the system who might say, wait a second, there's a podcast called Criminal that's going to do X, Y, Z. I hope that people, I hope that what we've done is prove that there's a way in which to explore the criminal justice system, the criminal, you know, mentality, victims that's responsible and fair and accurate and not sensationalized. Mm -hmm. And so I think that if we can get past that first hurdle of approaching people within the system and say, hold on, don't, don't back away just because it's a show called criminal. Wait a second. Then, then I think anybody that we have gotten to that far within the system, who's then listened to to episodes that we point out, I think has a better understanding of what we try to do with our show. And I think that's the point of getting them to listen to the show so they can understand how complex and how even handed it is. Why did you choose the term criminal, which is, in D.C. now a fairly politically incorrect term. I mean, we thought for a very long time about the name of the show would be. And I think that, you know, I think it's, I I like the name. I like the name of the show, but of course, you know, it it necessarily makes you think, oh, these are all going to be criminals that we're hearing from, Mm -hmm. which is not true at all. Um, Very, actually, very rarely are we talking to pure criminals on the show. I think it's, it's a, it, what we wanted to do was to have a title that would allow the listener to know exactly what they were getting and the sense of crime. So, you know, we could have called it the crime show, I guess, but mm-hmm. something about criminal, which I think says, speaks to the fact that we are dealing with crime, but also that we're dealing with human stories. We're dealing with one person, you know, um, and, and a criminal, it's kind of in a way to say this is going to be a personalized version of, of a crime event. Well, I love the title. Uh, I, th- I think the title says everything that it, that it needs to say. I think it's a, a beautifully crafted title uh, because it gets to the heart and soul of the matter. Um, one of the podcasts, uh, you were interviewing some, some individual who had committed a homicide, and there was sort of a, a stumble in terms of uh, how to address the person, and the person shoots back, what? You mean, are you referring to me as a, as, as a murderer? Well, that's exactly what I am. Uh, maybe sometimes clarity is what's necessary um, in talking about crime and justice. Yeah, I mean, and I think I think for us, you know, there there there's no topic we won't take on. Or I think that our responsibility is to ask fair, accurate questions and portray the events as accurately as possible. And if you do that, you can call 
as long as what you're calling them is true, you can call someone anything you like um, and you can do whatever type of show you want. Well, one of the favorite topics I have um, when I'm talking to people caught up in the criminal justice system by these microphones is I'll say people refer to you as a criminal. How do you see yourself? Um, And sometimes that creates a beautiful conversation in terms of how they see themselves and how they believe others should see them. So I I like the title very much. Um, What has been the the exposure and the thought uh, within the um, uh, national public radio community or the public radio community? or the podcasting community? How do they see your show? Well, I I hope people like it. Um, We have, you know, we put our episode, our individual episodes up on a, on a website called PRX that allows NPR stations to purchase it. And many of them do. So that's, that's always nice that our show gets played uh, in our hometown. We live in Durham, North Carolina, and our episodes get played every Sunday evening. And and that's sort of a a really fun thing that you, you make something on your own, uh, and then you can you can turn on the radio in your car and you can hear it. That that means a lot to us. We both um, sort of were trained in, in official public radio communities, and I think it means a lot to us that that our that our work now is aired there. Well, I've been interviewing people from National Public Radio, uh, and I've had them before these microphones several times, but listening to National Public Radio types of shows uh, for decades, and your show is as good or as or better than anything that I've heard on National Public Radio. So the quality uh, of the show is superb. The choice of topics is superb. Um, in terms of talking to people within the criminal justice system, they also like the show. So I just was wondering how, every, how it was being received by the professional uh, NPR community, and I, I think it, they, they, they're going to love it as much as I do. Well, I think if they have some negative opinions, they don't, they don't say it to our face. <laughs> Maybe that's good. Uh, do your parents get to listen to the show uh, when, you're, when the, the local public radio station uh, broadcast it there in North Carolina? Well, we're we're both not from North Carolina, so okay, our, parents, I'm sorry. our parents live in no, no, no. They live in Florida and in Massachusetts. But okay. um, our parents, I think, are probably the most the first people who listen to every new episode of Criminal. They are <laughs> greatest critics, and they let us know what they think, and they are very attentive listeners. Um, I, I think I don't. I I think certainly my parents haven't missed one. My father, I think, listens to them a number of times. Each one of them, and Lauren, you're you're the. Yeah, I love to get. Sometimes I'll send my mom a rough draft and get her feedback before we're done. Oh, that's great. That's great. All right, we're halfway through the program. Phoebe Judge and Lauren Sporer is our our guest today. They are the producers of Criminal, um, a program, a podcast from Radiotopia and PRX. Uh, my favorite way of getting to Criminal is just searching for Criminal podcast, and it pops up as being number one. Uh, it was there before Serial, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and certainly one of the most popular. Pod- Podcast in the country dealing with crime and criminal justice issues. So you said that you don't pass moral judgment regarding the people that you talk to. Um, isn't that difficult because you get so enmeshed in the lives of the people that you talk to? And there's an ongoing controversy within criminological circles, within the media, about the role of the criminal justice system, the role of law enforcement. Isn't it difficult not to pass judgment? Well, who are, who are we to pass judgment? I mean, I think that that that's oh, I think that there's an interesting way to think about that question. And and I think maybe I, I feel fair and, and right in saying that I don't really believe that there are evil people in the world. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you walk around with that mindset, 
you you don't pass much judgment. You rather try to understand. That's all we want to do, understand. I mean, we're talking, as you say, to murderers sometimes, and I'm not trying to pass judgment on them. I'm just trying to understand how an individual could do something like that, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that's what we what we try to take with criminal is a better understanding of crime, of the human experience of crime, and with no judgment because, you know, I don't – because I don't think any of us can really ever know how we would – act in certain situations. You know, we can we can dream about it and we can speculate, but you never actually know. And so I think that's the way we kind of take the the worldview we have for for crime, moral judgment and the show. You remind listeners that with every episode that the truth is many shades blurrier uh, than simply good or bad, guilty or innocent. So that's the point, um, that there are multiple, multiple layers to any crime story, and it's just not a matter of people being good or people being bad. Yeah, I think that's important. And I think that, you know, it's the difference between reading a small news item in the newspaper, which without any context allows you to to pass judgment versus actually, you know, when we what you hear on the show is edited down to somewhere around 20, 25 minutes. But that's that there were at many, many hours spent speaking with that person. So right, I think right. anytime you have have a long, respectful conversation with someone um, obviously things are not so simple anymore. And I think it would be in bad faith for us to pretend that we um, had some sort of moral clarity about something that's very complicated. But I agree with you. I've sat and, and interviewed um, over the course of years, not necessarily in front of microphones, hundreds of people caught up in the criminal justice system. And I indeed find their stories fascinating. And I that's exactly the experience that I have. I don't walk away from that saying uh, this person is blank. I, I walk away from that experience saying that's a very complex story by a very complex person. Yeah, and that they were, you know, this person's life has been very different from mine in a number of ways that I can't pretend to understand or have some sort of moral mastery over, you know? I think a lot of times when we talk to people, it becomes more clear that we all sort of do the best we can within a certain set of circumstances. I remember being a police officer a lifetime ago, and it was a terrible automobile accident, and there were three or four of us gathering up medical supplies from the back of a police car. And uh, somebody saw us laughing, and it was a terrible accident. It was a family, uh, multiple victims bleeding profusely. We're trying to save their lives, and we're back there snickering and laughing as we're loading up on medical supplies in the trunk of a car. And there was a complaint. And people said, well, what were you doing? And I said, we were trying to deal with the horror in front of us and to deal with it in such a way that we could effectively deal with it. We weren't being disrespectful. We were just psychologically trying to cope with what it was that we were seeing in front of us. Um, So there are many different layers of complexity when you're dealing with the criminal justice system. So where are you taking criminal? What's going to happen? Is it going to be more of the same? Um, Are you looking at specific topics or do you just float through your professional lives until somebody gives you a very interesting story? Uh, no, I mean, uh, you know, we come out every two weeks and so we're, we're constantly, uh, searching for stories and looking and, and in, in various modes of, of production where we later this afternoon, we're off to do an interview. Um, you know, we also do live shows, which is kind of a, a fun new thing that we've started doing. Yes, it is. Watch one. Yeah. Yeah. We travel around and 
you know, it's, it's different. It's different when your podcast host used to be behind a microphone in a studio with no one watching you to be up on a stage and do it live. It's a whole other ballgame. But that's kind of fun, too. But it pretty much, you know, criminal is it, it, it takes a lot of work. And so we're constantly have our heads down and just trying to get the next episode out. But you were doing this on a part-time basis for most of the the history of Criminal, correct? I mean, it's just recently, within the last year, that you've started doing this on a full-time basis. So doing all of that and doing the podcast that you do had to be a tremendous challenge. It was. It was a lot of work. We would do it. You know, we would do our regular jobs and then come home and work on the show late at night or on weekends or in the morning, um, before work, but it was so, uh, it was then, and it still is so exciting to build something yourself that I think we had a lot of energy for it that we weren't expecting. I, I think this is the most exciting, challenging job I've ever had. You know, I'm again reading from the Huffington Post article, using this framework for storytelling, Judge had investigated a book thief, an imposter, a serial killer, and the tourists who raid petrified forest in search of a million year old search of million year old wood, just to name a few of the criminal subjects, all are explored in the same compelling way. Um so you're just your interest level, I mean, it's not like you're looking at rapists. It's not like you're just looking at cops. It's not like you're looking at judges um, or, or necessarily just people caught up in the system. You're looking at a very carefully crafted, in-depth conversation with anybody who happens to come into contact with the criminal justice system. Yeah, I think that we would not have the same I don't think we would be able to work as hard as we do if every episode was the same. I think that that's something that's interesting about, you know, we just recently did an episode about a a man who tried to poison a historic tree and the fact that that there's also a trial um, and someone could be prosecuted for that and the sort of police investigation that that is to me, it's the sort of lesser known, more unexpected angles here that that really make it always feel fresh for us. And how do you make it? You make it fresh by the variety of topics that you that you bring to the show. Is is that the point? Because again, every time I listen to a different episode, it's an entirely different subject. So, um, so it's the complexity of, of human thought, the the depth that you bring to the individuals that you interview. That's what makes it compelling, and that's the success of the show. I'm assuming. Well, I hope so. That's very kind of you. No, I don't think it's kind at all. I think it's a straight observation uh, by somebody who's been in the criminal justice system for close to 50 years. It is just a very strong, very compelling storytelling. Um, But how you find these people, I just find amazing because they're all extraordinarily articulate. When I bring people into this studio, I never know what I'm going to get. The person's interesting, but is the person going to cooperate? Is the person going to tell an an extraordinarily interesting story? How many hours do you put into every hour? episode? Oh, it really depends. I mean, one thing I'll say is that we do have a pretty lengthy preliminary conversation with them before we record. So if someone, if it's clear that someone maybe isn't comfortable or isn't, um, just isn't ready to talk about it or just doesn't want to, we're not going to schedule time to record with them. So we do try to be somewhat strategic about how we spend our recorded hours. Um, So we do know when Phoebe sits down with someone for the recorded interview, 
we know and they know exactly what's going to happen. And we do it very informally. So it's usually a long informal conversation. And then we edit that tape down. We transcribe it all. We have some great people who we work with who help us transcribe. And then we, we sort of read it as a document and we say like, what are the most important parts of this? What are the most surprising parts of this? What, what order, in what order should we deliver this information? Um, And it is sort of like a writing process from there, but we do everything we can to choose stories that will sort of just tell them, themselves um, and the, where the events unfold naturally. So it's just a question of being thoughtful about how to present that to a listener. So, you know, sometimes it's 80 hours an episode. Sometimes it's less. Um, it's been more. It just depends on how many interviews and, and really how much sort of work we put into the the editing and revising process. And that just sort of depends on the story. Do you allow people to pitch you stories? Oh, absolutely. We love to get pitches. We, we absolutely get some great ideas from listeners, and we're, we really encourage that. And we do that through the PRX website, Radiotopia? Or you can just go to our website. This is criminal.com, and there's an about page, and you'll find both of our email addresses and also a sort of catch-all for the whole show. And we read, we read all of our emails, and we respond to all of them. Well, I'm going to take the most interesting people I've interviewed, and the next time I talk to them, I'm going to suggest that you talk to them. Um, because telling, uh, telling these stories, is, are, are, they're just fascinating. Well, I'm thinking that you might have some fascinating stories for us. I think we should we should set up a time where you can tell us some of your stories for the show. Well, after 50 years, the stories are endless. Um, but I, you know, it's it's just, I come to the conclusion that those of us in the criminal justice system have we're pretty cynical. We have a very strong sense and very strong opinions about the world around us, whether or not people understand who we are, what people understand what it is, what it is that we do. Uh, there's a lot of controversy surrounding police officers and uh, in terms of, you know, are these good and decent human beings? I was watching a piece on CBS where uh, an 11-year-old boy was asking his mother, uh, should I continue to want to be a cop? Are cops still the good guys? And he created a benefit for police officers, and police officers came from all over the country just to attend this 11-year-old's benefit. There is a dynamic that's going along in the criminal justice system that breaks those of us in the system and the issues that we deal with into good or bad, uh, right or wrong, moral or immoral. Um, That's not criminal. What you do is to get into the very heart and soul of an issue when explored to its very limits. I think that that, I do think that that helps us that we don't, we don't have back, we're not lawyers, we're, we don't have any backgrounds in criminal justice, we're just curious. And so I think we, we, we're not cynical, We, we really are coming at it with a lot of questions. And I think that is the right place to start work like this. But the curiosity, we all start off with that same sense of curiosity. And so there's a sense of me that says you guys probably have developed a sense of the system and developed a sense of the people within the system. Uh, It would be almost impossible not to. Saying exactly what you're saying. What's that? Well, I think we should check in in 50, but we're some cynical then too, but that hasn't happened quite yet. We're only two years in, so we'll see what happens down the road. Okay. But no, if anything, I feel less sure about what I know. Um, I used to think, I grew up in a family of lawyers, and I used to think I had a really strong grasp of the legal system, and I think over the course of working on this show, I, I've come to see how little I understand, and that there aren't any sort of hard and fast rules that you can keep in your back pocket and that will always prove to be true. Um and that just never ceases to fascinate me. 
You said in the Huffington Post article, true crime allows the listener to be a detective for a minute. They're allowed to collect information, evaluate it, make decisions. It's an interactive experience, whereas other stories you're being told, this is, uh, and it's entertainment. So you're allowing the person to float through the person who you interview to float through their lives, um, make an informed decision based upon the evidence that you present, uh, allow the person to be a detective, and, a detective and allow the individual to come to their own conclusion. And that's why I think the show works. Yeah, I mean we we want to we want the listener to to remain just like you know as completely invested as possible because we're not telling them what to think. I hope. And that's obvious. Uh, the whole idea is to make sure that they come to their own conclusions and that you're telling both sides of the story. So the, I plan on using um, my experience with uh, the criminal podcast to get everybody to listen, uh, to get them to understand that it's just not all, all the coverage of crime and criminal justice is not just, you know, the 30 second soundbite or the 120 minute package that there are people out there doing in-depth interviews and just basically presenting the evidence evidence and letting other people decide. So I think that's the heart and soul of criminal, and I think that's why you're going to be popular within, with people who work within the criminal justice system. Well, that's great. We, we would really welcome that audience and, um, and hope that people within the system do appreciate what we're trying to do. We've had a wonderful time. I've had a wonderful time talking to Phoebe Judge Lawrence Sporer. Sporer. Uh, they are the creators of Criminal. Uh, it is just an extraordinarily interesting podcast on crime in the criminal justice system. It's on iTunes, Stitchers, or just go to your favorite search engine and listen from there. It's a radio program from uh, Radiotopia and PRX. You can contact them on their own website, thisiscriminal.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this is D.C. Public Safety. We appreciate your comments. We even appreciate your criticisms, and we want everybody to have yourselves a very pleasant day.